Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, my name is Agile and I support Gen X Grown Up through Patreon. And I believe you should too. Just go to patreon.com slash genxgrownup. Gen X Grown Up is a YouTube channel website and audio podcast you're listening to right now. All made for and by people who love exploring media, games, tech, and toys of yesterday and today through the eyes of Gen Xers who refuse to grow up. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a grown-up. Welcome back, Gen X Grown Up <laughs> Podcast listeners, to episode 128 of the Gen X Grown Up Podcast. With a voice like this, I'm not even going to be John today. I'm going to go by Jonathan. I'm going to give his whole name here. <laughs> They're not going to be sure this is our podcast. Like, the what am I even listening to? Terrible. Hey, his voice George is here. Awful. What's up, George? Hey, how's it going? <laughs> well, of course, Mo is here. <laughs> hey, how's it going, John? I just interrupted the whole introductions. I'm sorry. I couldn't. No, help it. I, it's fine. I am staggered we're even doing this podcast right now. So we all just got back from the Southern Fried Gaming Expo. Great time. Uh, While I was there, my car got broken into. Mo had a family emergency. Uh, When I got home, uh, the day I got home, I found out that I had COVID. And (laughs) of all people, George, nothing went wrong. (laughs) I had a great time. I don't know what the hell you two were doing, but Jesus Christ, I had fun. George is like, I'm ready for this podcast. Let's That's get right. Here. What's wrong with you slackers? Let's get to work. <laughs> yeah. So he'll pardon my voice for this episode, but I, I feel fine. The muscle fatigue is pretty much passed. And uh, now it's just my voice sounds really weird. And sometimes yeah. it cracks and sometimes it excites the ladies. I don't know what's going on with it. <laughs> <laughs> At any rate, in this episode, we're going to head to Raccoon City for the latest reboot of the horror series based on a video game. Get a little artistic with some fantasy RPG. PG miniatures and play an adventure game where you're a lone kitty cat in a world of robots. Okay. So that's, that's intriguing. That happens every day. <laughs> Why mention it even? There's always cats with robots. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> right. <laughs> Before we get into those topics and many more, though, it's time for some fourth listener email. Uh, and this time around, it is our fourth listener, Karen, who didn't email us, but dropped us a line on Discord. Nice. Uh, and she says, listening to the E.T. episode now, this is fun. Awesome. Glad you liked it. <laughs> Good start. My ET memory is that my aunt, uncle, and grandfather came in from California at the time the VHS was being released for home ownership, and they bought us the ET VHS, and we watched it for the first time. My brother was two when it came out in the theater. At the same time, they bought us the Double Dare home version and the Etch-a-Sketch animator. That's a slice at a time. <laughs> you know when that happened. Wow. I still have that and my speak and spell. Wait, wait. So, Double Dare home version of E.T.? No, 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 no these are just gifts that they oh, were given okay. by their grandfather who came like, from California. I know people were IP-theming <laughs> stuff early on, but I didn't think E.T. had a Double Dare home version. <laughs> E.T. Monopoly. E.T. Monopoly was a thing? No. <laughs> Why not? It should have been. 
<laughs> I think what Karen is getting at that that's a real slice out of time for her because right. she got the ET on VHS at the same time her grandfather got her that double dare game, etch a sketch, speak and spell, all that kind of is together and attached for her because the first time she saw it was with her granddad at home on the VHS. Which well, is they cool. had the speak and spell thing in ET the movie, so that's right. That's yeah, right. They disconnected. Right. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yep. Why no etch a sketch? ET could have just written what he wanted. He didn't have to even talk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing his little <laughs> fingers couldn't quite handle the knobs. Little yeah. fingers. <laughs> Plus, he was doing the whole MacGyver thing, right? He was building this whole... That's right. Yeah. What's the fun if you just write it out? That's no fun. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool, Karen. We love hearing about people's memories. We spark when we do the backtracks. That 40th anniversary ET, certainly no exception. We appreciate that you wrote in. We love it every time. Fourth listener takes time to write into the show. If you want your email featured here on the show, you can drop us a line at podcast at genxgrownup.com or head over to Discord like Karen did and drop us a line over there. We read every single one and most of them like Karen's will eventually make the show. All right, guys, if my voice will hold up, we get back from this break. We're going to jump into the body of this episode 128. (laughs) Stick around. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to do's, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Be sure to subscribe to or follow Gen X Grown Up wherever you listen. And while you're there, rate and review the show too. It helps more than you know. The amazing Vic Roller writes so smoothly, it almost writes by itself. Furthermore, uh, scratch that. The amazing Bic Roller, so smooth but never mushes down. So smooth yet even writes through carbons. And don't forget the sales tax. Dear Mary, dear Jane, dear Peggy Sue, you are the only girl for me. Stop writing and let the Bic Roller do the work. In medium and fine line, so smooth it almost writes by itself. Let's get the ball rolling. Talking about media we have been checking out. Now, of course, we always say it could be a TV or film or movies or books or comics or whatever it is. George, I want to know what you have been checking out. Yeah, mine's kind of a combination of two of those topics. It's TV Mm, and comics combined into anime. The one Mm, thing that all Americans love and old Americans don't fucking understand at all. I'm with you on that one, brother. Holy cow. I'm with you. I understand it's cool, but it's not. I don't get it. I'm not invited. Yeah. yeah. So I do watch some anime and there's a couple of them that I actually look forward to watching. I've mentioned Shield Mm -hmm. Hero here on Mm -hmm. the show a couple of times. That's one of my favorites right now. Uh, My son is super into anime right now and he discovered a series that he has just fallen in love with and over the sfge weekend he kept begging me to watch this anime i'm like dude i'm at sfge i'll watch it when i get home just relax (laughs) calm down he's like you have to watch if you watch season one don't watch the movie yet between the two seasons i'll watch all that stuff with you i'm like okay well what is this thing so it's called demon slayer oh yes it's not just demon slayer it's demon slayer colon Kimetsu no Yaiba. I I don't know. Are you okay? I, just just say Demon Slayer. Did you have a stroke? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. It's an interesting anime. Apparently, I guess some of the reason how people are finding it easily right now, it's on Netflix. Yep. I didn't get it through Netflix. I got it through public domain, as I always do. Uh, <laughs> currently seems to have three seasons out. Apparently, there's also this movie that bridges the gap between seasons one and two. Um, but basically, I'll give you the synopsis that I know from watching the episodes. 
uh, I've watched the first couple episodes. There's this young boy who lives with his family and he's the oldest child of the family, looks to be a single mother home, and he needs to go and sell all the coal that his family has produced in the village so that he can earn some money for his mother and children to have good food to eat. You know, he's being a good, upstanding member of the family. So he trudges through the snow and walks down to the local city village thing. He does some odd jobs around the village. So he sells all his coal. He's walking back home. It's super late at night. And as he's walking past this one home on the path to his house, the guy says, look, it's too late at night. There's demons about come in here and rest. And that way you'll be safe and you can go back home in the morning. So he does. And the old man tells him some stories about the demons and demon slayers that are out there and stuff. He's like, okay, yeah, that's interesting. And so he goes to walk back home. As he's walking back home, an odd thing gets told to you in the story that they don't seem to really mention or talk about, at least in the first couple episodes. It's just an accepted fact. He's within 20 yards of his house and he starts to smell blood. He has this super sensitive sense of smell where he can smell stuff way off in the distance and identify it like perfectly. Uh, So he smells blood. He gets up. His whole family has been murdered. Oh, damn. Except for one of his sisters who is just kind of sitting there and she starts acting weird. Well, turns out she survived the attack, but she has now been turned into a demon. Mm. But she seems to be a demon with a conscience. So she doesn't try to attack him. She wears this weird little bar in her mouth that prevents her from killing people. Mm-hmm. And hilarity ensues throughout the rest of the series, <laughs> I guess yeah. you might say. So does the sister become like a, a partner to the brother or something? Or is yeah, a weird? to a degree. Oh, um, okay. I've only watched the first two episodes of season okay, one. Yeah. She does seem to become like... He carries her around on his back in this basket throughout the first couple of episodes because apparently demons are very similar to American vampires. They can't be out in sunlight or they turn to Uh, dust. They need to feed on people and eat their blood. Yeah, it's very vampire-ish. Wow. The one demon that he meets in episode two is perfectly vocal. It's not like a feral animal. Like it talks mm-hmm. to him and they have a fight and his sister kicks its head off and it's still alive and moving around Jeez. and <laughs> its body is trying to fight him still. It's all kinds of weird, different tropes from different monster movie story lines, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, I heard about the same show because I was at MegaCon with my daughter and there was a ton of people cosplaying as a sister. Mm, right. With oh. the thing with the bar in the mouth. And I'm like, who is that? What the it's hell not kind a tough of weird cosplay, bondage right? thing is it's, this? It's a kimono and the yeah. bar in the mouth and you're her it's like a bamboo <laughs> thing in the mouth yeah. that's tied to her so she can't and the reason for that is that basically it's like a vampire until she claims her first person and drinks their blood there's a possibility of changing her back yeah oh. like and she still has her human mind and right. i mean the demon seems to have a perfectly logical mind it's able to talk and reason yeah. and everything but so that's why he's so he's trying to find a cure for her basically that's like his goal to save his sister yeah. hmm. it does seem as though he's going to become a part of this demon slayer core this mm-hmm. group of individuals who go around the countryside slaying these demons so that they don't kill innocent humans now how she doesn't just take the thing (laughs) off herself she has two hands and she's super strong (laughs) i don't think the little cord is going to present any problem to her but anyway yeah it's an interesting little anime 
my son recommended i'm gonna keep watching it at least for a few more episodes until you know i I determine whether i really like it or not but if you haven't seen it it's out there on netflix if you're interested in getting into anime this might be an avenue for you so you're a couple episodes in right are you watching Mm -hmm. the the dub version the english dub version i am watching the english dub version. so that's how i started and I eventually actually switched to watching the Japanese with the subtitles, mm-hmm. not because necessarily, you know, sometimes they just do a bad job with the translations. Right. I can't, it was because one of the voices is so annoying. I mean, literally, it was so annoying. I stopped watching it. <laughs> oh. The American voice. Yeah, one of the character voices. I'm like, okay. I actually cannot watch this anymore because it's like nails on a chalkboard to me. <laughs> and my daughter's like, no, no, watch the Japanese version. And I switched to the Japanese and it's much better. Better, better. <laughs> like, okay, yeah. So at some point, let me know if you hit that point because you'll know exactly who I'm talking about. I guarantee <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. I'll report back. Yeah. I mean, so far I haven't had that experience. No, it's, it's, it's only it, two you episodes. You got a few in, episodes so. where it's normal. So you're good. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't get weird till later. Yeah. <laughs> but it's fun. No, it's, it's good interesting. Show. It's called Demon Slayer. So it's got a good title. But John, I've, I was looking at the list. Mm-hmm. The title of the thing you want to talk about yeah. really kind of makes me more interested to find out what the hell this is. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll be almost all exclusively we'll talk about movies and TV shows that we have found. I know we have periodically talked about books and comic books that we've even found, but rarely do we talk about music. And I want to talk about a musical artist that is not brand new, but is a Gen Xer and who I just discovered the last couple of weeks really digging his music. And the reason the name jumped out at you is because this artist's name is Muck Sticky. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so that's what, in our Trello card, it just says Muck Sticky. John. And I'm like, what the <laughs> hell is that about? Do I want to know about this? I mean, after the bidet yeah. and the other thing, yeah. I'm like, dude, what is this? It, it could be anything from this son of a bitch. Yeah. What's he going to do next? <laughs> yeah. So let me tell you what I like about him. So first of all, it's a flavor of hip hop. Uh, the Muck Sticky performs. Is this one of your nerdcore guys? It. So it's not, but hear me out. Okay. The reason I like nerdcore kind of flows into this too. So the reason I like nerdcore hip hop is because it's the art style of hip hip hop you know the rap and the rhyme and the rhythm and that kind of thing but juxtaposed with nerd culture things that don't aren't typically associated with hip hop right uh we love beefy because he takes his own personal his own foibles and his problems playing video games or whatever and puts it into music that's hip hop and if you took that same model and took out nerdery and put in hillbilly you would get muck sticky so this gentleman was born in 1977 right in the middle of the gen x era he started making music in 2004 and has 20 albums out Wow. He's been an independent artist this whole time. And the more I dug into learning about him, he was fascinating to me. The first time you hear one of his tracks, it'll jump out at you that it's a unique like audio timber. It's like if you mix together like the digital underground, you know, kind of Humpty Hump stuff and maybe put some Cheech and Chong in the blender and maybe a pinch <laughs> of Weird Al. And he's very fun loving. He's very self-deprecating. He loves talking about smoking weed and that kind of the culture. He loves his family just fiercely. He's never been anything other than an independent artist. His gang of people is him, his mom, his sister, and this little person that hangs out with him all the time. That's his best friend. They're all in all of his videos. They all go on tour with him. And his song is all about spreading fun, having a good time. There's so well, here. I have a quick sample I'm going to play for you. Just take a take a listen to just a little bit of Muckstick. Life is- 
was good and life was great, we should all just celebrate. If you don't know how, let me demonstrate. I'm gonna make you feel so good. Oh yeah, I know just what to do. I've done this here a time or two, and I've got something here for you. It's gonna make you feel so good. Gonna make you feel good. Oh, look, Sticky, you just make me feel so good. Gonna make you feel good. Oh, Sticky's gonna make you feel so good. It's goofy, right? <laughs> well, what makes you feel so good? Okay, so I tried to wait throughout that whole thing. To me, that's the answer to if somebody asks the question, what if Sesame Street was doing a crack episode about rap rappers? That's what that comes that, that, That's perfectly fine. That's not too far off. It's very goofy, right? So hip hop is often very, very hard and in your face. And, you know, I'm the baddest and you all are garbage. And this is more of like, I love you and I'm your best friend and I'm hanging out with my family and we're smoking weed. And it's just so goofy and it's so much fun. Muck Sticky is going to make yeah. you feel good. That's our new catch line. <laughs> So not every single one of his tracks speak to me. Some of them I skip forward, but he's had such a breadth of music and he experiments in different things. He'll try something a little more like a ballad. He'll try something that's a, a little bit more like a love song or something, but he keeps coming back to these fun loving we're getting getting together. We're going to have a party. We're going to smoke a joint. And that's that's really all his music is about. He doesn't have any pretense. He's comes from a very musical family in Nashville. So that's kind of the, the little bit of a hillbilly twang you hear in his voice. I know it's not going to be for everybody. And if you had told well, me about I'm not it, banging on it, it's it, God bless the man for following his passion and creating mm-hmm. music. Yep. He's, yep. In 2004, that's damn near 20 years at this point. He's made 20 yep. albums. Good on him. I all the time in my brains, I I really want to learn how to play the piano. And we have a Mm -hmm. piano in the house because my son learned to play piano. And I sit down in front of it and I go, bump, bump, fuck this. And I walk away. (laughs) (laughs) So the man is accomplishing something I'll probably never do. He's being musically creative. That's Mm -hmm, awesome. mm -hmm. That's great. I I think I would probably listen to some of his stuff based on that sample you just played for us. Yeah. Just like I, you know, I never heard of beefy until you talked about him and we wanted to put him as the theme song for our stuff. I, I think I would enjoy this guy's music. It would be a fun little thing to drive in the car and I would put it on. And as soon as I started head banging to it a little bit and looked at my wife and she would look at me like I'm crazy. It would be fun. That would be awesome. Good. <laughs> Life is good at that point. Yeah. The more I dug into reading about him and kind of looking at stuff online, it's just very fascinating how he started as an indie artist, struggled to get going. He had a little bit of a bump because he was on a show called $5 Cover on MTV. He was on an episode of that. But at this point, he's never aspired to go huge and sign a record contract, but he has a huge following and he says, look, I take care of my mom and my sister and my friends. They don't have to worry about money anymore and they never will. And that's all I really want to do is have a good time. And he just keeps doing that and reinventing himself. And it hit me at a time in my life where I'm like, I just wanted something super light Mm -hmm. and fun. And I'm like, this was perfect. So I don't know where he's been all my life. I mean, he's been out there doing his thing. I just never heard of him. (laughs) But why I never heard of him before, who knows? I mean, I can imagine no one would ever recommend him to me because they wouldn't think this would be for John. But damn if he isn't. And I mean, great stuff. I can't imagine people recommending that clip to anybody over the age of eight 
but I get <laughs> why it's fun. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we'll put a link in the show notes to his uh, to his website. You can go to YouTube to search for Muck Sticky. Uh, I saw an interview with him. They said, where'd you come up with the name? And he said, well, I was just going to be a single name Muck because I loved Beck and I liked having an artist with just one name. And then I, as I was getting ready to finalize that, somebody said the word sticky and I'm like, oh, I've got to use that too. So we put them together. <laughs> have to and that's that. it. Yep. Right. Oh, man. Great artist. If you enjoy fun loving, uh, you enjoy hip hop and that kind of thing. I love that he just speaks what he thinks is funny and fun. Uh, and that's what you get out of it. So cool. Muck Sticky, we'll throw the show notes. Muck Sticky. That's, that's, what I, that's what I want to talk about. Mo, how about you? Right. What have you been checking out, man? Um, so actually, was I've been checking out something that's been a, uh, a longtime franchise out there. And it's now a new series, a live action series on Netflix called Resident Evil. Everyone knows Resident right. Evil, of course, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So. It's now this. Uh, there's a whole new series now on Netflix, Resident Evil. I was like, okay, you know, I like the first movie. I, I enjoyed it. You know, I, the mm-hmm. second movie, I think my enjoyment of them went down as the movies went now, on. Now, when you say the movies, you're talking about the Mila Jovovich series? Yes, the original okay. ones. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, was it Paul Thomas Anderson, yeah, I think? Yeah, I think, I think that's right. Yeah. yeah. I said, it'd be nice. It'd be interesting to see if they, what they could do if they have time to actually develop a story, mm-hmm. if they have time to do all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. Uh, they, they probably shouldn't have. Uh, it was <laughs> anyway. Oh, damn. They probably shouldn't have tried? <laughs> damn. Well, it's just so... So, like, for me, it was slow. Okay. And it's, the dumb thing is, like, this takes place after Raccoon City gets blown up. Because, you know, that's how they solve the first Raccoon City. It gets overrun, mm-hmm. right? right? And they basically blew mm-hmm. up the entire city. So now this is Raccoon City 2. No figure. Like Raccoon City, the sequel? There's a new yeah, city exactly. somewhere? <laughs> Someone said, let's do that again. Yeah. And everyone knows about the first <laughs> Raccoon City, but they said it was an industrial accident. That's the cover story. Okay. Right. And they've used that cover story even in... The last movie that just came out last year that was a horrible yeah. Resident Evil movie. That you also didn't like, right? Yeah. yeah. And the thing is, that it's got some decent actors in it. Some of the actors are not very good, which I think definitely hurts a lot because you're like, okay, mm. that's a really supposed to be an emotional scene and I feel nothing. Yeah. You know, uh, kind of thing. Yeah. You're like, oh, that's kind of a bummer. And the, the whole premise is now that, you know, there's a dad, he has two daughters and the dad is totally into the whole Umbrella Corp creating virus thing. This doesn't sound like it's one of the playable characters from the video game then? No, not at all. No, See, it's, it's totally okay. off from the whole thing. All right. We've seen the Resident Evil stuff for years. Yes. Right? And every iteration of the IP, it's always one of the playable characters from the video game. And that's what brings somebody into the story because it's something yeah. that's familiar from such a beloved video game franchise. If you're going to do a series, why would you not take advantage of all that pre-written history? <laughs> yeah, it, to me too. But the thing is that if it takes place after the first series, then the virus is already out there in my head. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. not these people. Right. Apparently, these people are oblivious to it, or it's not out there. One or the other. How many years? It's. I think it takes place. 10 years, something like that after or something like that. Okay. So it's now it's completely walking away from the Resident Evil storyline because the Resident Evil storyline within a matter of months, T-Virus wipes out the whole planet. Yeah. Right. It was about, I think it's a year. They tell you at the beginning, but honestly, I forgot. They should know. And you're saying that they don't really seem to know. Yeah. Well, they they might, they might have mentioned it in a subtitle someplace where they say, oh, five years earlier or something like that. And I totally forgot what the date was they put Hmm. on there. But I didn't feel for the characters that much. And I was like, the only one character I really like is like the dad. He's pretty cool. He's an established actor. He's been like in The Wire and he's been a whole bunch of great shows. It's a reboot, but it's like they're rehashing the same old stuff again. There's nothing Hmm. really 
nothing new, new to you. say. There's a corporate person that doesn't care about the people. He just cares about the profits for the umbrella company. He doesn't care if the virus is dangerous and creates blah, blah, blah. You know, it, it's yeah, to me, I, I just didn't care for it. You know, it sounds like it's like you talked about at the beginning. It was something that you liked previously. Yes. I think we all three have probably played at least one of the Resident Evil games. Back in the day, yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. Right. And it was certainly innovative back in the day, and it was a lot of fun. I certainly enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. The Mila Jovovich movies, I'm like you, Mo. I enjoyed the first one a lot. I enjoyed mm-hmm. the other ones to a degree. I've yeah. watched them all. I keep mm-hmm. them all on my Plex server. The last movie was terrible. Oh, yeah. I was curious to know if this was related to that, but it sounds like it's not. Not at all. But this kind of reminds me of a series that I've been trying to force myself to watch <laughs> that came Uh-oh. out last year called Day of the Dead. So it's the old George Romero film, Day of yeah. the Dead. They right. took it and turned that into a series. But just mm. like with this, none of it is related to anything that Romero yeah. did. Oh, yeah. Uh, I tried to watch that same series. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm getting that same kind of vibe with what you're talking about with this Resident yeah. Evil series. It feels like it's something that you almost feel like you're obligated to watch because you did like the intellectual yeah. property. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly. But you don't want to watch it. Yeah. And I, I watched the first couple of episodes thinking, OK, you know, the first episode, you know, great assault, right? You never know how it's going to go in the first episode second episode i was like all right i'm not getting it third and then i almost like actually fast forwarding mm. <laughs> so i'm like okay that's yeah. the mark that's of a good yeah i'm like yeah. Yeah. To the good part yet i'm like yeah yeah they're talking yeah yeah okay yeah they're gonna have this argument over this i get it yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah i talking. get this i get this yeah they're getting to oh yeah they're gonna have to fight over Come who's on, right where are the here. zombies just show me the zombies exactly that, thank you thank you that's exactly it i'm like i want to see zombies coming after people and maybe it doesn't have to be like the whole city is crazy but and I finally got to that, but that was like the second to last episode. I was like, oh, Jesus. I said, this is crazy. So <laughs> I didn't really care for it. And I think it's a huge missed opportunity because I think they mm. could have done like a really interesting thing before, I would say make it a prequel before all the movies of them, the T-Rise creating it and all the issues they had. You know, I think they could have done something really interesting there. And instead, they just sort of try to reboot it. And I think it just didn't do well. Everybody needs to reboot. Sounds yeah. like this is a Netflix one and done. I think so. And John, actually, we talked a little bit before. You said they got like two stars well i was just browsing to yeah said we'll see what it was it was in the epic series and i saw two stars on it i'm like oh mm. <laughs> yeah yeah. That's, it. yeah that's pretty much what it deserves is that about right yeah that's about right too bad if you're an athlete you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down after all a team is only as good as its weakest link so you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field that's why there's no vape in team When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. You're listening to Gen X Grown Up. But if you have a friend who's not yet listening, why not? Tell them about us. They'll thank you later. If you think Preparation H is best for hemorrhoid pain, think twice. Think Tronolane, the remarkable two-step treatment for immediate pain relief. First, Tronolane soothes the skin surface, relieves burning and itching. Then its greaseless formula penetrates directly to nerve endings to relieve pain immediately. Remember the T, Tronolane, cream or suppositories. So if you think Preparation H is best for hemorrhoid pain, think twice. Think Tronolane. Okay, get into tech and toys. Now, I 
do have a piece of tech, but it's really boring. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm gonna admit it. It is extremely boring, but useful. How about that? It's boring, but useful. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'm gonna put all the pressure on George to give us something really oh, interesting. And then I can do my boring part and it'll balance out and everyone's be like, oh, this, this segment was okay. <laughs> this is not so bad. <laughs> well, I just threw my thing on there because I thought, well, I don't really have anything for tech and toys, but oh, this no. is kind oh, of oh, tech no. and toyish. I'll just throw it in here and maybe the guys will have something interesting to talk about. <laughs> George, I was counting on you, man. Didn't I say early on, I'm shocked this podcast is even being recorded. <laughs> We've had such a horrible week. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, I'm George, what do you got? George, I think yours is actually very cool, actually, because I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Okay. So of the three of us, we talked about it earlier. I had a wonderful weekend at SFGE and my week since has not been awful. But one of the things, well, one of the things. So I'm going to talk about just a little bit about the SFGE experience, and we can all talk about that. And then I'm going to mm-hmm. talk about this specific thing. So okay. yep. this is the first SFGE since John and I did the one day drive the first like time. in 2017. Yeah. yeah wow. That we did not have a 24 hour thing that we were tied to. Normally yes. we mm-hmm. have a table of some sort at SFGE, plus we do yep. panels. And so SFGE always feels like I'm missing out the whole yeah. time. Mm-hmm. This SFGE, we consciously said, we're not doing a table at all. We're just going to go there. We're going to do a couple of panels, right. which are 45 minutes to an hour. And, fun. and we're going to have fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, one thing that I want to point out is we all brought people with us in some shape or fashion. And so what I noticed is the three of us didn't hang out together the entire weekend <laughs> like I had hoped. Yeah. We all yeah. ended up kind of doing our own things with our families and friends, which was fine. We did come together several different times during the Mm -hmm. weekend. Yeah. I was very interested because I never got to go see it in previous years, the flea market. So I went to the flea market, bought a bunch of stuff. We're going to talk about some of it later on. I did go to the wrestling this year. You guys know we talked about it afterwards. Mm -hmm. I don't think I'll go back to the wrestling because it was just underwhelming and it took up a large portion of time that I would have rather spent with you guys hanging out doing some stuff. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The video games at SFGE are going down, but the pinballs are coming up and I have discovered after this year, I'm kind of enjoying the pinball part of the experience more Mm -hmm. than I am the video game because the video games, Mm -hmm. oftentimes they don't play well. The joysticks are messed up or the game's broken altogether, but the pinballs seem to be in good shape for the most part. So I enjoy that. Mm-hmm. And there's still new pinball machines coming out that they new bring. Pinballs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Every year they have um, Stern and uh, who, Williams and, Williams yeah. and uh, Marco, I think, is the big one they have in the back. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep, yep. Um, not Marco Pizza, but Marco Pinball. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. A new Godzilla one. <laughs> A hey, new Godzilla, awesome. right? <laughs> yeah. But the thing that I was looking forward to trying and ended up finally getting to do it Sunday morning ended up being my favorite thing that I got to do at the convention. And that was this little charity event where you pay $1 is the suggested donation, or you can give more if you like, mm-hmm. or you can give nothing, but it's the suggested donation and you get right. to paint your own minifigure and take it home. Mm-hmm. Nice. Now yep. I know that there are listeners of our podcast that play Dungeons and Dragons all the time and probably do the Warhammer stuff. So you guys are probably experts at painting a minifigure. I've never done it in my life. I've never painted a minifigure, and I got to do it at this convention. Now, they do have classes, although I didn't get to take one of the classes because Sunday they don't have them anymore. But I donated my dollar. My son, I gave a dollar for him. So we sat down next to each other. They give you a little little styrofoam plate, and they say, what colors would you like? 
and then they squeeze out just a little bit right. on mm-hmm. the plate of each one of the colors and you take it over there and there's um, you get brushes and they have little water bins so that you can clean your brush between the paint colors mm-hmm. and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was looking at the amounts that they give you and I'm like, that's not enough because <laughs> it's literally <laughs> just like a little dot of the paint. Well, these minifigures are small and yeah. it does not require much paint <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> for a color. <laughs> So I painted this little minifigure. It's this little goblin sword fighter person with a shield. Mm -hmm. And I did an excellent job for my first time. I was very happy with how it turned (laughs) out. Did you say so yourself? And it was fun. I painted the skin green and the little leather armor brown. And the shield had some little silver accents. And I even Mm -hmm. got to put little red eyes on the little goblin figure. But the experience of sitting there painting the minifigure, it was so relaxing and calming. When most Mm. of the convention is a little bit hectic, you're running around trying to do things or Mm -hmm. trying to get things accomplished. I sat there for 20 minutes and painted this little minifigure. It was my absolute favorite part of the convention. Oh, oh, wow. My son, who has painted many minifigures before, he painted one as well, like I said. We got done painting and he looked at his and looked at mine and said, damn it. I said, what? He said, yours is better than mine. <laughs> so <laughs> of course. I, I feel like I accomplished something on my first try. And it's made me now want to continue to paint minifigures and get better because John and I both have Return to Dark Tower. Yeah. And the minifigures mm. that you could have gotten with that, the Dark Horde expansion, I want to paint all of those because I've seen examples <laughs> online on oh, Facebook really? group. And I want to do that. But I want to get better at it before I tackle it. Okay. Yeah, oh, yeah. You don't want to mess those up. No, no. I'm. Yeah, I thought he looked good i i i you showed me at the, mm. on the floor after you were done with him and brought him over and i'm like i was impressed to find that was your first time painting one you know maybe the last time i painted one was when i got my dungeons and dragons basic set when i was a kid <laughs> right I, and i had some model paints and i painted some little uh, pewter figures that they that i yeah. that i had got from the you know the game store but it can be very addictive to it's one thing to get the colors on there but then you start learning like how to wash it with different colors to add mm-hmm. accents and highlights Shading, and yeah yeah those are the things that i'm always intimidated by because i see people do that and i'm like that's the right way to do it and i would screw that up 100% <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah but it kind of I guess for me, I've always had just whatever the minifigure came as, gray, black, yeah. white, whatever me it came too. as, yeah. right? Yeah. But painting this little minifigure myself, it brought out like a character life mm-hmm. for the little minifigure that I mm-hmm. didn't I didn't expect that. And it was because I did it, it was the story that I created right. with that figure. Mm-hmm. So it's not writing or talking or anything like that. It's just painting, but it made it feel like it had its own little background and history and everything. Mm -hmm. Just super fun. And I'm so happy that SFGE has an experience like that available to its guests because Mm-hmm. I don't remember seeing minifigure painting at other conventions, but I am certainly going to look for those types of mm-hmm. activities yeah. now because that to me was more fun than anything else I did. Yeah, that's cool because um, because I used to paint figures back in the day. You know, mm-hmm. that was like a big thing for me. And actually, it was kind of cool because a few years ago, my dad found them, like my old figures. Oh, I the ones oh, you yeah. painted. Nice. And I was able yeah. to get them and I gave them to my daughter, so she has them now. But it was fun because I would paint. And if I painted one that I thought was particularly cool, 
I would like try to create a DD character to match it <laughs> rather mm-hmm. than the other oh, way sure. around. Because yeah. I'm like, I want to use this thing and it's going to match mm-hmm. exactly what I did here. Like, there's a reason why his shield is broken. Not that I dropped it. It's because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's not that color because I ran out of blue. It's because. Exactly. It's the because of his genetic disorder. Exactly. Right. Yeah, exactly. He's got to be orange. <laughs> it was a very Zen kind of thing. You know, it's mm-hmm. like you're just sort of mm-hmm. painting it. Your, fo- and your focus has to be on the one thing and you're not distracted by anything else. And I agree. It's one of those things I probably would love to get back into. I just need to do it. And just as a last factoid, there were no magnifying glasses in this room where you yeah, could you paint these minifigures. You just literally, what? you're just holding it up and painting it. And so it <laughs> like, must be different distances holding it. Yeah. Like, you know, some people, they have those little stands that you can spin them around as you're painting oh, yeah, yeah. stuff and you have the yeah. helping hands and the magnet. None of that stuff. You literally just got a plate of paint, a brush, some water yeah. and the minifigure. But it was still so much fun. I cool. didn't think I was going to be able to do it. My eyes are horrible, but wearing my glasses made it possible. And yeah. So much awesome. fun. If you guys go to SFGE, absolutely put that on your agenda. If you go to another convention, try to find if they have it. it. And if they don't, talk to a showrunner and say, hey, I really wish I could paint minifigures and donate money to charity. Maybe they'll add mm-hmm. it. So nice. That's what I had for tech and toys. Okay. Not very interesting, but no, still a fun experience. I disagree. I think it was very, I cool. it was very interesting and definitely interesting what I'm going to talk about right well, now. Well, that's what I was saying. I want to hear about your boring tech piece yeah. that we're going to talk about. Okay. So here's my boring tech. Uh, I have a work laptop and I was like, you know, I wanted to have like a mouse I could just kind of carry around with me for it. And yeah, sure. I used to have the old Microsoft collapsible one. I forget what they're called, but you know what I'm talking the about? Arc like mouse? It, yeah. It was like flat. You can make it mm-hmm. flat. Oh, yeah. Put your bag and yep. everything. But the newer laptops, they don't have as many USB ports as they used to have. Mm-hmm. Like, remember, they used to have a whole bunch, and I didn't want to put like one of those USB extenders, carry that around. So I was like trying to find yeah. a Bluetooth mouse. Sure. And I wanted to find one that was actually both. You can either do Bluetooth or USB. And mm, matter of fact, okay. you can have your USB into one machine so that it's used. And then, like, I could, in other words, I put the USB like into my docking station for a bit, and it uses that. But when it's not in the docking station, it uses the Bluetooth, which I thought was pretty cool. Okay. So when I'm carrying it around, I don't have to worry about that kind of stuff. So I looked around and I, I found one on Amazon. That actually was mm. a dual mode Bluetooth wireless mouse. It's a both right. Bluetooth and USB. I mean, it was it's super small. It was really inex. It was fourteen dollars, which I thought was not bad. Good. Yep. Yeah. And right now they even have a coupon for twenty percent off of that. Oh, really? Oh, oh sure. I have that then. <laughs> we have another one. What can you say? The highest praise you give a piece of tech is it does what I needed to do. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. When I need it for Bluetooth, I'm like, when I'm taking like I take my laptop to a different office or something, it works as Bluetooth. There's no fiddling, no syncing, no changing of anything. You know, once I sync to Bluetooth the first time, it just does it. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I have it in my docking station, it just works as a regular mouse through the USB port. And like I said for fourteen bucks, I am extremely happy with it. You're selling yourself short, Mo. You just just saying it's not interesting and then you tell me all the cool reasons that it's economical it does the job and it's versatile so yes i well, think you, you undersold it <laughs> but it is just a mouse it is just yeah. a mouse but it's a good mouse fair it's enough a good mouse and it's a nice yeah. size too it's like it's just big enough that it feels good in your hand but it's still small enough you throw it in your bag it's not like this big bulky thing that's becoming a thing i even i watched this one guy who previews new tech every mm-hmm. month like all these things for under $50 kind of channel. Okay. And yeah. one of his more recent videos was a gaming mouse that it literally looks like it's half a mouse, like the back half of the mouse that you would rest your palm on normally gone. Mm-hmm. gone. Really? Okay. Yeah. Just the front part with the buttons. And in his 
review of that mouse, he was saying it's actually way more comfortable than a full-size mouse, oh, which wow. he was surprised by. So maybe that's becoming a new ergonomic trend yeah. to do these smaller or half mouse things. But I looked at your mouse at your link that you provided to us. And so I went on Amazon and like I said, it's 20% off. The one thing I like about this, John, I think you and I both have some Logitech stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. The one thing I don't like about the Logitech stuff is that little dongle. It still takes up a USB port. No matter what you do, now that little unified platform can handle multiple devices. Right. Yeah. Which is good. But it's not pure Bluetooth. They require you to have a dongle. Yeah. And at this point, you know, how it's like, John, your argument about USB-C. Why is not everything that needs a USB port (laughs) USB-C? Yeah. Just do it. Why is not every wireless thing Bluetooth? Yeah. At this point, right. I, I don't know. And it, it, the argument could be, well, not everything has Bluetooth. Well, fine. I'll get a Bluetooth dongle and everything will connect to that, just like the unifying <laughs> right. dongle, right? <laughs> if you don't have it, you can get a, a Bluetooth, plug it in just like one of those dongles and everything will work with it, Logitech or otherwise. Like I had to do with my gaming PC. There you go. They exactly. didn't have yeah. a Bluetooth, have Bluetooth on the board. So yep. Yeah. So there you go. Practical tip of the day. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Each episode of Gen X Grown Up has show notes loaded with links where you can learn more about our topics. And there's even more to see and hear over at GenXGrownUp.com. You're always the fashion. Oh, what a plus. You always feel smashing. Oh, what a plus. And for you, Tampex tampons. Oh, what a plus. Tampex is a name you can count on. It's the protection more women buy, and it's so comfortable. Tampex comes in four sizes, and it's biodegradable. Plus, as you won't find in other applicator tampons or pads, Tampax is feminine protection for you. Oh, what a plus. Look for original regular. It's available again. This is the main event of the podcast. For the three in attendance locally and the millions listening around the world, Ladies and gentlemen, it's time! We just came back from a gaming megaplex event called the Southern Fried (laughs) Gaming Expo. It was all about games. So it's what this whole segment should be. And at least two of the three of us are following that trend in this segment. So we're going to go first (laughs) and make the last person go last. I'm going to go first because I did have such a good time. I didn't get my car broken into. I didn't come back with COVID. No family emergencies. So I'm happy with how SFGE turned out, even if the rest of my podcast mates are not. One of the things that I also did, I talked in the last segment about the minifig and having so much fun with that. Mm -hmm. They also have this little flea market setup and they do two sessions, you might say. And the first session is literally just like a flea market that you might go to in your hometown. It's some six foot tables and people just have all their junk thrown out on them and they're negotiating prices and they have all this cool stuff, but it's all game themed. And in my case, 
one of the things that I wanted to accomplish at SFGE at that flea market was to find a bunch of cartridges for some of my old gaming systems that I have recently reacquired. Mm -hmm. John had given me an Intellivision uh, about a year or so ago that he had found somewhere, but I didn't have any real cartridges for it. So I wanted some cartridges for the Intellivision. Mm -hmm. I also just purchased at John's daughter's shop in Jacksonville, an Atari 2600. Didn't have one of those for a while. So I bought that. So I wanted to get some 2600 cartridges. Now I do have quite a few that John had given me, but I wanted to get some more. (laughs) At this convention, I found a couple of different vendors one guy who I bought like eight different cartridges from for $7. Oh. Another guy had a box of Intellivision cartridges, and I'm yeah. looking at the box. I didn't even really count them at the time, so I'm going to do that live on air now. <laughs> we got 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14, 16, 18, 20, 22, 24, 26, 28, 29 Intellivision cartridges. Wow. Wow. I got those along with six more 2600 cartridges. Okay. So what is that? 35 cartridges? That's a lot. Right. Yeah. I got it for $35. Dollar a cartridge. Dollar a piece is a really good price for vintage cartridges like that. People love to mark those yeah. up to five and six bucks, but you get a lot of them like that. That's great. Well, that's what I kind of wanted to talk about. So I got both groups of cartridges for about a dollar a piece. And in mm-hmm. talking with those two gentlemen, they seemed like these cartridges were the things that they were just trying to get off their table. It almost seemed as though the marketplace is not as strong for these older cartridges, which I would have thought the opposite because we're all in our 50s now. We have a little bit more disposable income, presumably. And these are the types of things that we would probably want to reacquire to relive our youth. Why would the marketplace not be higher for these? But I talked with our good friend MC Murr, and he Mm kind of said the same thing, that the marketplace is really soft on these cartridges. Okay. Yeah, you know, I've seen that same thing as well. I see a lot of local shops and, you know, vintage stores. They just don't even carry stuff older than like Nintendo anymore because they say, oh, there's not much of a market for it. And my assumption always is that they're probably, there's a larger demand for the newer consoles because look how many titles in newer consoles, and I'm just, when I say newer, I'm talking Nintendo and later, that there are rares, there are hard to finds, there are imports, there are chase cartridges. In the in television and 2600 stuff, w- what's hard to find? There are only a handful of things mm-hmm. that collectors would be clamoring for. Everything else is run of the mill. They all cost a buck or two. So once you have them, you have them. So, and again, we're getting older. We're on the downside, as we, we said a couple of shows ago. <laughs> right. They're not making new Gen Xers, right? They're only decreasing at this point. And so the people that would want them are declining. The collect- Ability is easier to do. So once you do it, you're done. You might want to move on. So I could see how maybe maybe that's run its course for people that would collect it now. And I'm sure there'll be a resurgence when those people start Always. to fade away. People go, oh, what's this in television? I've never heard of that. Let me go dig it up. But we, I think we're in that little valley where people that want them have got them and the people that want to collect stuff have moved on to something else. That's been my assumption. I think, too, it might also depend upon what it is you're actually trying to buy. So I wasn't trying to find complete boxes with mm-hmm. manuals. Mm-hmm. I just right, wanted right. cartridges because I literally sure. want yeah. to play these. I don't want yeah. them to put in a frame or in a nice shelf for display or anything. Mm-hmm. I really want gotcha. to play these. So a lot of these labels are dirty or scratched or torn. 
But as long as the game and the cartridge work, which takes an act of God to kill a cartridge, it feels yeah. like from that. <laughs> Those are gerbils, <laughs> right? Yeah. right? Um, Look at the ones in the Gordo dump that still worked when they yeah. plugged them in. Are you kidding yeah. me? <laughs> exactly. So I wanted to acquire these games. I would love to complete the collection because we could never do that when we were kids. Oh, there no. was no, no way in hell we were ever as children going to be able to get every Atari 2600 no. game. Of course, there's a, there's a ton, though. That's there's a, big, a ton that's, of that, them. That is a big ambition to go but for all of them. But if they're a dollar a piece, and there's yeah. four or 500 of them, over time, I can afford to do that. Now, I know a kid that lived up the street from me whose parents were divorced, and his dad damn well tried to get him everything, but mm. he, I don't know if he even succeeded. Right. <laughs> but, and that's my point. Like, I don't need to get the rares. I don't care about the boxes with manuals. Maybe a couple of specific titles I might mm-hmm. want that for because the title itself means something to me, right? Like an adventure on the 2600. That yeah. would be super nice to get a full complete box right. manual version. I don't know, like the Pac-Man that everybody hates, but I kind of like on the 2600. Mm-hmm. I might yeah. like to have a full set of that one. Uh, Mo, you'd probably really like to get a full set of the Qbert for the 2600 sure. maybe. There's so many fun cartridges out there, though, to play that I never got to play as a youth. Now, I can go right now on my PC and play every single one of these games on a 2600 Stella emulator. No problem. Yeah, not the same. Exactly. When you slam that cartridge into that 2600 game device and you flip that little metal switch on and you see the picture tube go poof and pop your game up, that's a whole different experience than playing in an emulator. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's what I'm trying to recreate. Having to blow into that cartridge before you put it in. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Even if it doesn't need it. You it, still you need need to do it. It. It's a reflex at this point, right? <laughs> There's the sound of the cartridges you know, rustling together in the box and clacking mm-hmm. together. And there's yeah. there's something more to the experience. It's just like we talked about arcade cabinets. You could play the game. There's something about standing in front of it. You can emulate Atari. But there's something about having those carts in your hand right. and rifling through the them. Yeah, that's awesome. Now, as I talk about it, there's one thing that I realize I kind of messed up on. Mm. Uh-oh. Everybody remembers in television, you had these little plastic pieces that you the had overlays. to slide in and out of your, yeah. out of your game controllers. I just got the cartridges, so I don't have any of those. I can reprint them on something and, you know, do that. But maybe I'll try to start finding some of those for something. Because there's some fun little games in there. There's a Tron Discs game in there. There's a Tron Maze game in there. I mean, there's some interesting titles that I never knew existed. Nice. Good find. Yeah, it was fun. Love the flea market at SFGE. Mo, you want to talk about something that I also found at SFGE and bought, Yeah, but you did too. So I'm going to let you talk about it because this is a fantabulous game. Oh, yeah. SFGE, amazing place. You know, can't wait to go next year. I'm already looking forward to next year. Right. Yeah. It felt too short. (laughs) It definitely felt too short. Right. I was talking with Murr and I said, I wish that convention was a week long. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Easy to do. Then I would feel satisfied at the end. Instead, Mm -hmm. I feel like wham, bam, rushed out the door. <laughs> yeah, or at least all day Friday. Add a full day Friday. Yeah, that would help. Start too. Thursday that night. Would help. And that would Friday. Help. That would yep. help. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And a Thursday too. But anyway, anyway so moving on. Again, so, just do, do the, the week. week. <laughs> just at that point, just do the week. Again, great time. And there was a company there called, well, not a company, a local store called Meeple Madness mm-hmm. that okay. sells board games and all sorts of stuff. And every year, I think they've had like a big area actually that they do. Mm-hmm. They have one of the ballrooms. Yeah. They have one of the ballrooms and they don't just sell the games. They have demos of the games up there. Mm-hmm. They have people that teach you how to play the games. They have like giant versions of some of these games. I mean, right. they they just do a very, very cool area. 
And so I went in there and it was so cool. They got me to buy three games from them. <laughs> yep. I'm going to talk about one of them, though. This is a game called Corridor, except imagine instead of a C, it's Q-U in front of it. So mm-hmm. Corridor, I don't Ooh. know how you pronounce that. This is one of the things that I love about this company that makes it is that it's super, super simple concept, but the game has like a lot of complexity, like strategy and stuff to it. Yeah, the right. company is Gigamike, yep, by the Gigamite, way. Yeah, which the other thing about this game is that they just build just the boards are like wood and the pieces are like these mm-hmm. wood or wood-like enough for me pieces. And it's just it's just like it's such a nice, solid quality feel to these things that it just makes them totally, to me, worth the money, even though they're more pricey than normal when games. When so much is plastic these days. You know? Exactly. And they're definitely more expensive than your average board game. But I, to me, I think for the quality, you can set these boards up on a table and they would look awesome just sitting there. I got to point out one thing. You talk about they're more expensive than the average board game, and I think you're right. Mm-hmm. But oddly enough... We got a cheaper price at a convention than you can buy that same game through that company store on Amazon. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just to talk quickly about price. If you go to Amazon right now, it's forty two bucks, forty three dollars to buy it there. Mm-hmm. I got it for twenty nine ninety nine. I got it for thirty what? bucks. You got it for twenty. I had to pay thirty five. What the fuck? <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> really, you got it for twenty. How did you get it for twenty nine? Maybe because I bought three. He cut me a break. I have no idea. Oh, maybe I only mm. bought two. Oh, see, there you go. <laughs> more. <laughs> so I, but I think it's the last game. One of the games I bought was really expensive. But anyway, aha, uh-huh. he'd already made his profit off a of mo. Exactly. <laughs> and the concept of the game is really simple. So it's an eight by eight grid. You start at one end and you have a single piece as you and the other person has a single piece as them. And you're basically trying to make it across the board to the other side. And whoever mm. makes it first wins. Simple. Okay. So you have an option in your turn that you either move your piece or put up a wall. And a wall covers like two grid spaces, like as a single wall. Yep. And the only rule is you can't totally block off a path to the other side. Like all the way across the board. Right. In other words, the person has to have a way of getting across. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you can make it impossible, totally but you can make it very difficult. But you can make it very <laughs> difficult. It's like Othello. Like once you start, he's like, wow, there's a lot of strategy mm-hmm. you have to figure out with this game. And it's not even that you could even have like a set strategy because it depends on how the other person plays. Like they could just charge ahead and use every move to move their piece. But if you don't put walls up, it makes it a lot more difficult. Right. Super simple game, beautifully made. And you can also play with four players, which I didn't realize. Mm. It's like the perfect kind of like, just, you know, you want something to play that's, you know, maybe you want to take a little bit of time and, you know, just kind of relax and do something else. It's, it's just like a perfect casual game kind of thing. And feels good tactily to touch. And oh, play with, even yeah. the walls are like little wooden pieces and you put them down and you can see the care and quality when they put this game together, nice. which nice. On, just on top of that. And also the game has been nominated for a billion awards and all this other great stuff. It's just, I can't talk enough about how good this game is. There's something else, Mo, that this company does apparently with its board games that I noticed right away. I don't know if you did or not, but I find it fascinating uh, from a marketing standpoint. All of their boxes were the exact same size and design. They all had the same white stark backgrounds with the game pieces for that particular game on them. They all used the same font for the titling. They put their, uh, whoever it was that created the game, their name is in the exact same place on the box. When you open up the boxes, like Corridor is a smaller game than the other one we bought Mm -hmm. of that same company. And so they just have like these little spacers inside the box so that the thing doesn't slide Mm -hmm. all around in there. Because how many cheap plastic board games have you gotten when you were a kid that everything just slides all around and gets Mm -hmm. lost and broken and disorganized? 
I think what they do with their packaging is brilliant because most yeah. board game companies, every game is a different damn size yep. with crazy artwork on it to try and attract you. Mm-hmm. The austere Very visual clean. of these boxes yeah. is what attracts me to them mm-hmm. more. I think they look prettier on a shelf I do than most other games that I own right now. Plus, it, I'll, I'll recognize that from across the room. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go look and say, is this one I don't have? Because I and you know what you're getting because you know, because cool. you know what that company does. Right. And they even give you little bags to put the pieces in. Mm-hmm. Right. Nice bags. So, John, that'll appeal to you because immediately right. which is something that's it. the first thing I do with a new board game is go get a bunch of bags and keep all the stuff together you know right. and they do it that's great yeah. uh, great 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 board game Mo thank yeah. you for bringing it to the podcast absolutely mm-hmm. yeah so phew. <laughs> see you made up for that tech toy that you said wasn't so great oh thank god <laughs> now John you have something what you put a link in there and I just looked at it just briefly okay I am super intrigued by this game. ah you should be yeah. Odds are anybody who pays attention to media, this will not be the first time you've heard of this game because it's caught everything by storm. It's in newspapers and web articles and everything. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. It's been out for a while. I've been following it. So the game is called Stray. Okay. Stray is a first-person adventure video game where you are lost and alone in this underground forgotten city trying to solve a bunch of mysteries. And, oh, did I mention you're a cat? (laughs) (laughs) That makes total sense. It does. Well, so the game begins with almost no HUD, no power meter, no nothing. You're just a kitty cat, and you're with your family of other kitty cats in this kind of empty world that's beautiful and lush. And it's a training level where you learn how to run and jump and get up onto things and how to push the button to scratch on things and how to push the B button to meow because you have a dedicated meow button in this game, which is awesome. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Uh, And then shortly after you begin this level, you fall down this long like slide slope and you end up in this deep, deep underground area. Like the ceiling is super high and you can see lights in it. Like you're totally enclosed and you're not sure what to do. There are these little almost like uh, robotic mice running around that kind of are scaring you and they're uh, they're feeding on dead robots that are laying in the middle of the road and before too long you discover a little flying robot that reminds me a lot of Princess Leia's little robot Lola from Kenobi remember the little flying cute robot Mm, Uh uh you get this robot and a little cat backpack you have to wear and your cat throws a fit (laughs) when the backpack goes on and he's so upset because he's got something (laughs) on his back it has so much character in it is why I really enjoyed it. It, it. I like first person adventure games where you have to roam around and solve things. And the idea that you're a totally different species, you're this cat who can't speak, but the robot can talk for you and interact with with things. You can oh, point I the see. robot at something and go punch those buttons or point your little robot at a big robot and say, talk to them. Uh, ultimately, you're finding out what happened. At some point, there were humans. Uh, something happened and now maybe they all ran underground, but now the only ones left underground are their robot friends they had. No one knows where the humans are. And you as a cat are trying to solve this problem of what happened to the humans help these robots out, but more importantly, get back to your family of cats up on the the top side. Are you the only living thing in this game? Yeah, in in the world that I'm playing in. I mean, there were my other cats at the top side, but the world I'm playing in, everything else is cybernetic, robotic. I've seen nothing breathing, living. It's all robots. Yeah. God damn it. (laughs) Yeah, you're going to buy this, right? Did you go and look at it? (laughs) 
I the whole time you've been I don't pay attention to you when you're describing a game. <laughs> you I always just site. click a link and go start watching stuff and then I come back because mm-hmm. generally you provide us some wonderful games that for whatever reason you hear about and I never do until yeah. I listen to you on the podcast. Right. For the five seconds I listen to you while I'm going to go <laughs> click on yeah, the trailer yes. or the link. John, with John's you. game, blah 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 blah. Let me watch a video. Yeah. Right. <laughs> don't find so game. I went and clicked on the link to the trailer that you gave us mm-hmm. yeah point out one thing you said first person but the trailer looks third. all third person did I, did I say first person you're i'm sorry yeah. it is a third person adventure okay. game you, you are correct yeah my yes. bad. and i think that's important because because you see the cat being the kitty cat yeah if you're the yeah. first person you don't feel that as just watching it right you don't right. feel that you're the cat maybe the angle of the camera might make you feel but anyway it's a beautiful game it starts off with thing. the trailer yeah. looking like a really kind of a limbo-esque feel mm-hmm. in the first part, the first few seconds trailer, but then it immediately goes into AAA title feel with beautiful colors and yeah, scenery and uh, just feeling of the world. It mm-hmm. just, all the lighting, it looks gorgeous. I can't tell about the gameplay so much from the trailer. It looks like it would be fun, but the aesthetics alone make mm-hmm. me want to buy this damn game. Yeah, I know. That's I'm doing you a favor. Price, but it's only 30 bucks, right? I know. I was going to let oh, you say still, it's $30. It's not so bad. It's an Insta buy at $20. Oh, for sure. It's an Insta buy at 20 Listen, once you've seen it played, it's an Insta buy at 30 I know. Yeah. Really? I just don't want to spend the extra $10. I'm broke after SFG. They do not waste the catness of the game, right? So, <laughs> so it, it, a human could do things. And it's not just like put a cat where a human is. It's like, well, the cat can go through areas that a human couldn't go through. Okay, that's great. It's like kitty cat parkour, right? Cats are incredibly <laughs> nimble. So your cat right. can leap from rooftop to rooftop and onto like pipes and gutters and things. You could do things a person couldn't do. The dedicated meow button is how you you lure these little robotic mice that are your adversary in the game. Meow, meow. And they run towards you and then you can loop around and <laughs> shut a like gate behind them. It seems like the mice would them. run away from you if you meowed. That would well, be <laughs> Robotic mice. Not if they're killer robotic mice. Then oh, they like killer you, right? robotic mice. <laughs> like in uh, the Love and Robot series, they just not had that one where that. the mice. Yeah. Were, yeah. Right. <laughs> and there are little Life is Strange moments. Remember Life is Strange? Sometimes the thing you do is sit down and enjoy the scenery. Yeah, right. right. As a kitty cat, you can find a beautiful rug and you can go up and press Y and he'll kind of stretch and arch his back and curl and lay down and kind of the scene pulls back and you can enjoy that as long as you want. And then you can hit the button to resume. Some things you can like scratch on the wall and enjoy scratching on the wall. And sometimes that's a mechanic, like you'll scratch on a wall and move a painting. And oh, behind the painting was a, a safe. You're like, oh, kitty cat scratching paid off. You know, they don't just overlay cat onto a game. This is a game where they said, let's take the behavior of a feline map it onto a game and let you live in the skin of this animal and it's a lot of fun it's so cute and enjoyable i and think precious. that's exactly mo why john is so drawn to this game because i don't know if our audience is well aware of this or not but i'm going to put it out there john loves cats he has this little <laughs> cat that's his dexter dexter well yeah he, yes yeah I just call him killer because the little fucker shredded me when he was a kitten uh, when I first met him, but it's a pretty little cat. And you always like, I've been to your house and I see how you interact with this cat. I can understand why the mm-hmm. aesthetic and the importance they put on the catness of the mm-hmm. gameplay makes it great. Why that matters to you in this yep. game. So get out your credit card and buy it. You're going to like, yeah, it. I said just on the, just how, 
how it looks makes me want to yeah. buy it. Yeah. Honestly, I mean, it looks just—I mean, it just looks like a beautifully designed game. I'm really not happy right now. Yeah, yeah. we'll take up a collection so you can afford the extra ten bucks for Stray. Well, You're gonna because <laughs> what I want to do is buy this. And then I want to play it on one of our Gen X grown up live streams. Mm-hmm. There you go. This would be a fun game to play on the live stream. Yeah, if I don't beat you to it, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> well, you'll beat me to it because you still have to teach me how to do the live stream setup stuff. So you have control over that. <laughs> it's always That's my why fault. He doesn't want to do that. <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you're a die-hard Gen X grown-up, you can pledge your support by clicking join on YouTube or by becoming a patron at genxgrownup.com slash Patreon. With Hidden Camera, we ask people who don't use eye drops to take the Visine test. The glare out there on that border is burning my eyes. Driving a car in the daytime causes you to squint and strain. I have been doing a lot of reading. My eyes are very sore and red right now. And did Visine pass the test? I cannot believe that they have stopped burning. Well, they feel more relaxed, cooler. The red gone out of For minor eye irritation, Visine with tetrahydrosoline gets the red out. And it really does work. As we round out the back end of the show, we always like to take a second here to talk about the things we're either looking at or looking forward to between now and the next time we get together. And Mo, I would like to start with you. What do you have on the horizon? Sure. So um, one thing is actually this is already out in theaters. We talked about this before. Nope. Nope. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Really looking yep. forward to this. And again, I try I to see stay such away. good reviews and I'm trying to not read them. <laughs> I, exactly. I, I tried. I, I, I won't read reviews, but you can't help sometimes the headlines. Like, mm-hmm. you know, nope, lives up to expectations. I'm like, ah, you know, so I definitely want to go see that one. Yep. Next week, I'm going to spend a couple days in D.C. with my girlfriend, hopefully. Not oh, okay. nice. If things allow, because we just planned like just a few days just to hang out in D.C., go to museums and just have some fun. So hopefully I love D.C. I haven't been there in a while. That's that's a great yeah, it's been a long time for me too yeah. but what i'm really looking forward to as far as media is sandman is coming out on netflix august 5th oh. and if you are a fan of those comic books which i am a huge fan of the comic books neil gaiman who wrote mm-hmm. them who mm-hmm. wrote those things all the trailers stuff that have come out for it just looks freaking amazing yeah and it's one of those things you know from the comic book is very artistic it's very well drawn and stuff and i'm like how are they going to translate that to a tv but what i saw i'm like it looks like they did it wow. and so super super looking forward to it again it comes out august 5th on netflix so that's what i'm looking forward to how about you george what you got on well uh, as usual you stole a couple of my items from my looking forward to list <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's fine yeah. uh, i am also looking forward to nope it's uh just came out as we're recording this i mm-hmm. haven't had a chance to go see it either mm-hmm. but i'm definitely going to try and go see it this weekend uh sandman of course i was looking forward to that for a long time i'm happy that it's finally coming out and you're right mo the trailers look incredible yeah i think it's it's going to do the opposite of the resident evil series <laughs> i'm hoping right? it has to. <laughs> uh, but then the the final things uh that i wanted to put out there i've seen now that we reacquired our a-list and so i got to go to movies again in theater mm-hmm. and see a bunch of trailers there yeah. was this oddball movie that I kept seeing trailers for, and it just looked fun to me. Mm-hmm. It's uh, stars Brad Pitt, and it's called Bullet Train. It oh, comes oh out yeah, on August oh, the fifth. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Oh, this could be. It's kind of like a 
comedy John Wick where he's on this Orient Express type of train and he has to grab this package and all of these other assassins or whatever else are trying to (laughs) steal it from him. It's kind of like if you took Knives Out and John Wick and kind of combined them together, it has that feel to it to me. (laughs) On a train. (laughs) On a train. There we go. Yeah. Yeah, it looks great. I'm looking forward to that. I don't think I'll have to see it with family. I think I'll probably have to go see it by myself, but it just looks cute and funny. Mm. And I don't always need super serious drama, yeah. hard story, and a have movie a good theater. Time. Sometimes I just want to go sit and enjoy watching somebody punch Brad Pitt in the face. <laughs> yeah, so. it just looks like a good summer movie, right? It seems yeah. like the it perfect does. summer it movie. Does. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm definitely looking forward to that one too. John, how about you? What are you looking forward to? Yeah, well, you know, I would have put Nope on mine as well, but COVID said, <laughs> Nope, you're not going to see Nope anytime <laughs> soon. <laughs> so I, I, I just look forward to uh, getting over this, uh, this COVID thing. I am fully vaccinated and so it hasn't been horrible on me just some muscle pains but a little sore throat weird voice as you can hear but i i think i'm on the back yeah, end you sound like idris elba you're good yeah <laughs> nothing wrong with that so. nothing wrong with that his wife's like don't get better i <laughs> uh, think i'm most looking forward to august 1st is the release of the Atari 2600 Lego set. <laughs> God damn it. $239, 2,500 pieces. There's an Atari. Wow. There's three cartridges, little scenes you can build in the cartridges, a perfect CX-40 joystick, and you slide it open as a little kid in his little scene in his wood grain paneled wall. Uh, uh, 240. Oh, my God. That's a lot of money. Oh, oh, I cannot wait. I still wait. want it, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, it looks oh, so good. That's, that's, uh, it's something else for George to hate me because I told him about it. And he I wants do. It. <laughs> so I got to buy a stereo for my car because the stereo I have didn't know that Bluetooth existed. That's how old that thing is. <laughs> right? yeah. Yeah. I need to buy an office chair for this office over here because now I'm working from home remotely, so I need a chair that I can sit in and not break my back. Yeah. I need to buy this damn cat video game now. <laughs> yeah. And now I got to buy this Lego Atari 2600 that's... Oh, oh and, I, and I made you buy the Dungeons & Dragons Del Moody game, too. Oh, shut <laughs> up. You did. <laughs> yeah. And Mo got his like a week before oh. mine. We ordered it at the same table. Oh, Oh, and what was that other thing you made me buy? The stupid Dungeons and Dragons electronic oh, board I, game? I, I, I don't say I made you buy it, but you, you did made buy me it buy it. Shut up. Yeah, yeah, he totally I'm, made him buy it. And I'm the one who paid the most out of all the people you made buy it. I'm a bit of an enabler, so. Oh, God. But the Lego Atari looks great. I can't wait. It it, does. August 1st, I don't know when I can order it, if I can get it. I'm going to, I've been watching the site, but it looks really good. And we, we've covered it on the YouTube channel. Head over there and take a peek. Some stuff on there looks, uh, looks great. Do so. the cartridges actually fit inside? The yes, they yes. do. They oh, plug right crap. in. Yep. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> oh, oh, man. All right. Jeez. 2,500 pieces. Anyway. I know. Yeah. A lot to look forward to. That's going to wrap up this edition of the show. Of course, we'll be back in two weeks with another one. But next week is our backtrack. We pick a single nostalgic topic and dig in deep. This time, we've gone back to the wealth of knowledge in George's brain for some more wrestling expertise. You want to share with the fourth listeners what you got coming up next week? Oh, my God. We're going to talk about... <laughs> (laughs) ECW. 
AEW, uh, the <laughs> Extreme Championship Wrestling, born out of Philadelphia in the mid to early 90s. It is going to be a blast. I'm going to try and run down through how they got started. I'm going to run down through the talent. Mm-hmm. And we're going to even talk about their eventual collapse and demise and their rebirth, so to speak. <laughs> It'll be a fun little podcast for the wrestling fans out there, of which I know there's a few because when we did the last one, mm-hmm. we got quite a few comments. I think we'll probably get a few more this yep. time. And after our last show, I expect we have more. I learned more about wrestling than I ever thought I could yeah. know. <laughs> right. Or so. that you wanted to. <laughs> True. That's, that's okay. okay going in and it was actually interesting so who knew yeah exactly <laughs> that's coming your way next week you don't want to miss that one until then i am john oh jonathan <laughs> george thank you so much for being here yes sir mo you know i appreciate you man always fun man fourth listener it is you though we all appreciate most of all and we will talk to you next time bye-bye see you guys take care everybody Gen X Grown Up is a member of the Evergreen Podcast family. Learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com. It looks good on my end, but I'm going to bring it down a nidge here. Just yeah, for it safety. seems like it's just like right, right it's at the technical edge. Technical term nidge. It's a nidge. It's a. It's a. Actually, it's a quarter nidge. It's a quarter of a smidge. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That sounds much better, actually. Yeah. Cool. Oh, okay. All right. All awesome. Right. All right. Sorry. Thanks. Continue. <laughs> okay. No, no problem. Don't talk into the tip. <laughs> I've heard that's good advice in life, isn't it? <laughs> Unless you've been requested. <laughs> get, get permission first. <laughs> what would you say? Anyway. That's <laughs> All right. <clears throat> I've request. <laughs> Just say positive affirmations. That's right. <laughs> Who's a good boy? <laughs> we broke Mo. Oh my god. Okay. <clears throat> Hit a little too close to home. Sorry, Mo. I didn't know about your kink. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> That's still going to the outtakes. I say no. Uh- <laughs> I'm Allison Holland, host of the Kennedy Dynasty podcast. Equipped with a microphone and a long-term fascination of the Kennedy family, I am joined by an incredible cast of experts, friends, and guests to take you on a fun, relaxed, yet informative journey through history and pop culture. From book references to fashion to philanthropy to our modern expectations of the presidency itself, you'll see that there is so much more to Kennedy than just JFK or conspiracy theories. Join me for the Kennedy Dynasty podcast.